0: William, thank you so much for coming on the
1: show today. Really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. You came to Kelowna in
2: 2009, correct? Tell us, uh, tell us about that. How did that happen? So I moved here with a partner. I was working as an engineer in Kitchener, Waterloo, and uh, my partner got into a PhD program at UBC. We had to look at Kelowna as as the, a as, as the destination, and I knew so very little about it. All I knew was a tiny little mountain town. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So was it your first time to Kelowna when you moved here? I actually had been to Kelowna as a child. We did a road trip. I grew up in Winnipeg. We did a road trip through to uh, all the way to Vancouver, actually all the way to Vancouver Island. And um, I remember we we stopped in Kelowna and and we stopped by the sales and we have some pictures there, but I never really connected it until I got back and Mm -hmm. almost months afterwards when I ended up back at the sales and I'm like, this looks really familiar. (laughs) So it was, it was relatively new to me. Right. So, what was
1: that like moving here in two thousand and nine? We had a very slow real estate market yeah. at that time. Yeah. Uh, did anything surprise you
2: about the city? You know what? When we came out here, it was uh, it was very much like a sleepy little community. It was a little retirement community. It was mm-hmm. the university, um, but as far as the kind of work I was looking for, there was really nothing nothing to be nothing to be had. Uh, I had applied for a number of positions and. Uh, uh, it turned out that this was the af- absolute best time to start a business. Mm-hmm. So I ended up being in a position where I could take advantage of, uh, of a community futures program. So that's what helped uh, get us off the ground. Great. So tell us about that. What did you get into with community futures? So uh, my, my first, uh, I like to say, my first love was very much uh, computers and IT and uh, all things geek, So when I got out here, I I, I leveraged my engineering degree uh, it's pretty much a sales tool. It was—I uh, could tell you exactly how a computer works from the transistor level, really the electron level, all the way up to through the software stack. Wow. Um, so if anyone could fix a computer or set up a network, um, we'd be uniquely positioned to do it. And because it was still a kind of a sleepy retirement community, there was there was relatively little competition. So uh, we we got off the ground really quickly. Right. So we are here in your studios at. Highlight yes.
1: creative, yes, and uh, we've got some great equipment here. Thank this you. is going to be the best sounding podcast we've done yet. I'm excited. I think we're episode thirty six now. Um, so you're a technical guy, a tech geek. Yes. How did you end up with a
2: creative firm? You know what? Um, it, it was very natural, actually. So there's there's an, an assumption that. Uh, if you work with computers, you know everything about computers and everything that a computer touches, and a website was one of them. So we had built a website for ourselves, and uh, one of the requests very quickly was, well, you built a website for your, for yourself, can you build one for me? So within the first year, we were into the creative side of things, into websites, into, uh, into content creation. So we were left kind of straddling. We are figuring out what really... There was a market for in Kelowna, Mm -hmm. so um, there was the IT realm, the kind of the the uh, commercial IT um, and residential, but there was also very much a creative and web design field. Um, And then I got uh, I started uh, subcontracting and working with other agencies. Uh, We were actually I was the one who wrote the first iteration of the Castanet app. So uh-huh. it was not only not only because I've had I have an engineering background in uh, software development, um, we got into mobile development because mm. that was a natural extension. So we did a, we did the development um, of the CastNet app.
1: Nice. So is that what you're doing primarily now, uh,
2: web development and app development, or is it more marketing and creative? It's very much marketing. Um, what what we learned and what we learned over the years was um, whether you're doing IT or app development or running a car, uh, car dealership or, or, or you're a dentist uh, – really marketing leads the way. You need to understand who your audience is, how to communicate with them, how they're communicating. Mm -hmm. And so all of these pieces, so whether it's a website or an app or a billboard, end up being communication tools or brand expressions. So we ended up almost getting pulled a little bit higher up to say, okay, look, let's let's, let's work on the creative side. So very shortly after I built my first website, there was a second one and then a Mm -hmm. third one. Uh, and then before long, we ended up recruiting a, a designer, and I um, I brought down a friend named Tim from Montreal at the time, so he was our first developer. <laughs> uh, and then I imported another friend from Vancouver, uh, Dan, who ended up uh, being another developer. Uh, so it was uh, it was a very very quick growth for us.
1: So how does the tech? side of things work with the creative side of things so I guess with a website it's got to work it's got to not be glitchy not crash Um, but it's also got to look good and be stickable Uh, I've I forget what the term is, but stickability where people want to stay on it and keep looking and keep exploring until they make a purchase. So sure. tell us a bit
2: about the synergy between you and your partners, how that works. For sure. So i I'm, you're absolutely right. I'm very much on the, the, the technical side. I'm in, immensely fascinated with, with numbers, with trends, with, uh, um, so we got into SEO very quickly. So when we built the site for, for our for doing for doing IT, it was at that point it was called ITS Kelowna. I read through and I said, okay, here are the changes or here are the things that I need to do to make this thing show up. And very quickly we started showing up uh, at the top of the re- for the results that we wanted. And that led into and this was at this point, uh, SEO was very much a starting kind of industry, and we realized there's a lot of things we can do for clients in that capacity. So what I like to say is, um, I'm very much on the business and numbers side. So Tina, my wife, who's the chief design officer, she's the one who makes sure that websites look beautiful and mm-hmm. they look pretty. I'm the one who makes them work, and mm-hmm. I'm the one who makes them convert. So I'm very much on the business side of, of that equation. Right?
1: Do you both do sales, or do you have salespeople that uh, go and get the clients?
2: We now have uh, we now have salespeople, um, but. When you first start off, you' you're you're, um, you're the guy who signs the paychecks and the guy who cleans the toilets. So right? Um, we did sales. Tina did uh, Tina's phenomenal at sales. Um, we did uh, Tina did the design. oftentimes we both built the sites. But as our team grew, we got to um, we got to hand off some of that responsibility to people who are far better at those things than we could ever imagine because they're fully focused on it, right?
1: Tell us how you met Tina and how you became partners in this business.
2: Um, so, I remember at one point uh, I got back to the office. I think I was uh, was seeing. I went to see a client or went to a meeting, and I got back. And uh, uh, the team at the office mentioned. They said, uh, "Okay, there was someone who just came in, and you need to hire this girl." Huh. I'm like, oh, do you remember when that was? Uh, oh, it must have been about six years ago, six seven years ago. Wow, um, but. I remember getting this resume, and it was the most intricate resume. It had, like, not only was, was, was this, like, cut out and folded and had, like, a little beads glued to it, mm-hmm. but it was so well thought out. And I remember, I'm like, this is phenomenal. So I called her, I brought her in, and we ended up working on a few projects together. Um, but I remember having this meeting, and we both, I think, arrived at the very same conclusion um, that we didn't like each other at all. <laughs> we completely did not get along i remember having this meeting and i was trying to explain to her some of the psychology of sitting in a meeting yeah. i remember adjusting one of the chairs i'm like there's sometimes a power dynamic that ends up happening so you want to have and she, she she thought that was the most manipulative thing and i thought i was just <laughs> i was just having fun uh but she thought i was an asshole and i thought she was just crazy mm-hmm. which was good because we were both with very with with different people at the time and uh uh, so we worked together. We ended up working on a number of a uh, uh, dental project, uh, a project for UBC, um, and then parted ways. Parted ways. Parted ways. Part we yeah, and we didn't speak for I think two or three years. Wow. So yeah, it was just uh, the project. Was it a blow up or no? Just no, no like no, okay, no. Well, it was just it was a natural like kind of end to the project. Yeah. Um, she had her own client set, and I had my own clients, and. We both kind of just just kind of gravitated away from one another. Right. Well, that's a great story. So two three years go by, and somehow you get back together. Yeah. Well, what happened? So so we had uh, so I get this call, and I look at my call display, and it says Tina. I'm like, okay, I know this girl. I'm like, hey, how's it going? Um, and and um, I wish Tina was here to explain the other side of it, but um, she had uh, we had just moved Highlight over into this location. Uh, we have massive signage on the, on the highway. We're on the busiest intersection of Water and Harvey. Um, and I remember her saying, it was like, oh, here's an agency that seems to get it and seems to care. Um, and um, anyway, so she, I think, had a bit of a sheepish moment where it's like, oh, it's this guy. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, you know, it, it, was, it was actually serendipitous because at that point, um, the, uh, the, our designer... Um, was recruited for another opportunity, so she had to. Uh, she she resigned with us for for a little while. She came back afterwards. Her name is Jamie, and she's awesome. But um, we had uh, we had this vacuum, mm-hmm. and we needed a designer, and it was just almost perfect.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, so it was right before right before Christmas, and um, Tina and I ended up sitting down and meeting, and I just said, "Look, here's the situation. Here is here's where things are at." Uh, if you're looking for an opportunity, it'd be great to work together, and let's figure this out. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I went on a on a trip. I do a trip uh, every year, and I went on this uh, three little over three week trip through Vietnam. And I got back, and we started working together, and it was awesome. It was the most like, I, she is so unbelievably passionate about design. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I love what we do. So it was just really neat to be able to, to to work together. And it was purely like it was it was purely a professional relationship for for a long time. Mm-hmm. I remember working with her many late nights, and uh, it was just it was there was never any drama. It was just a really it was great communication. It was probably the most professional relationship I've ever had. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in the long run, it ended up breaking down, and, and it, we, we, now we're married, <laughs> right?
1: Yeah, some of the best partnerships I've ever had have uh, started off a little bit tense because we think very differently, yeah. but um, when when you look at it, in hindsight, it's like you complement each other. Your way of looking at things is really necessary to build your, your business, so do you think it was just um, a case of getting to know each other better or... Personal maturity, or what do you think? Um, it's it very so much, much smoother?
2: very much personal maturity. Yeah. Um, when we both, I, I, I know for a fact that uh, um, I've, I had a lot of growing up to do, and I still, <laughs> I still have a lot of growing up to do. As try as we might to be, um, we're very serious about what we do, but I don't think we take ourselves seriously just right. yet. Uh, but uh, we're, we're, we endeavor to more every single day.
0: Luke Mankus is a realtor with Remax Kelowna. He loves what he does. We asked Luke if he had any regrets about moving here in 2011, and he always says, yeah, one regret, and that is he didn't move here sooner. When Luke came here, he didn't know anyone. He didn't know the neighborhoods or anything or anyone besides his daughter, who was six years old at the time, so he knows what it's like. Now, he's an expert and has helped well over 100 single people, couples, families, and investors with their real estate needs in the Okanagan. If you're new to our beautiful city, Luke can help you get connected with great lawyers, dentists, carpenters, landscapers, swimming pool installers, you name it. And whether you're new to Kelowna or not, Luke knows real estate. He can help you find a great property, negotiate a good deal, and hold your hand all the way through the process until the day you get your shiny new set of keys. Luke is known as a no-pressure kind of guy. He's had clients where it took even a year or more to get them into a property. He just doesn't believe in rushing things. On the other hand, when you decide it's time to act, he's diligent and he'll work day and night until the job is done. Give Luke Make Us a call or a text message at any time, 778-215-4273. Again, that's 778-215-4273, 778-215-4273 to chat with Luke about real estate.
1: Tell us a little bit about your growth uh, curve here at highlight so it started off you and your partner dan
2: no it? no no so what ended up happening was uh, i started i so i did this it company and we right. did uh we actually had uh, an office on ellis street and right. we were there for five years i remember waking up one morning and i think it was a phone call at something like six thirty in the morning and, and someone said hey our email is down as, as i'm sure you know running running a business it's You're the guy who does everything, and you pick up the first call, and you pick up the last call, and you do everything in between. That was the moment I'm like, you know what, I think I'm done. I think I'm done. I'm done with with what I'm doing. I'm done with Kelowna. And uh, so we started looking, um, and I ended up selling the business. So Mm -hmm. I sold to Northern Computer. Uh, But they were exclusively interested in the IT side of things. And all of my marketing clients that we accumulated over the years um, remained. So, but uh, anyway, so I was done with with, with that. And um, I kind of, uh, friends would say, I had this kind of like Freedom 30 Mm -hmm. uh, plan. And and all of a sudden, I could go anywhere and I could do anything. Uh, I just had an exit from from a tech company, and it it was really positive. Um, so I first went to Toronto because I'm like, oh, I want to go to a larger market. And I was there for a couple of weeks, and it was during the polar vortex. Mm. So for anybody who doesn't know what a polar vortex is, it turns a regularly cold city into a super cold city. I think that was 2014. Yes, it was. So 2014, I think that's right, yeah. 20, yeah, I think so. But I, I actually, one of my bucket list items was to do, a, do an MBA I've always wanted to do a master's. Um, I have an engineering degree, so a master's, uh, it's often said that an MBA is a, is a finishing school for engineers. During the, during the time of running a business, there are a lot of deficiencies that you have. You're, I think, fairly decent at the analytical side of things, but when you get into the human resources side, or the business side, uh, there are deficiencies. So mm-hmm. I'm like, you know what, this is going to be a really good compliment. So when I went to Toronto, I did a GMAT course. Uh, to prepare for it. So there was this polar vortex, and <laughs> I'd concluded that uh, Toronto's terrible. <laughs> right. And it continues to be terrible. Um, it's a nice place, but just not for me. Right. Um, I grew up in Winnipeg, um, so I actually went to Winnipeg afterwards, and then I actually had this uh, trip planned, and I, went, uh, I did a motorcycle trip through Central America. Mm-hmm. So, so I did this. Um, I stopped in Vancouver as well. But I remember after this 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 trip, um, I touched back down. It was like we were just landing in Cologne, and it hit me I'm like i I'm, I'm, I'm stupid. <laughs> Why would I want to leave this place like i've've I live right downtown, I've got a great place i've um, and And what I had realized is um, burnout is a very real thing mm-hmm. and and if you don't take a break if you don't. Uh, if you don't kind of step away from things and if you don't give yourself time, um, no matter how happy you are with what you do, you can start to despise it. Mm-hmm. So I am I'm, I'm now I, I see it with our clients, and I see if they've been doing it for too long and they feel underappreciated or they haven't taken. And, and you can see that it's like, okay, I'm done with the business. I'm like, right. really, really? And we get to so so it's it's neat. But anyway, so I touched back down, uh, and, and, and I had this change of perspective. Um, and at that point, I was already in conversations with a friend uh, named Richard Taylor, mm-hmm. and he's been running his own agency for many years too. And um, we're like, okay, you know what? Let's give this a go. Let's let's merge efforts. He had he had uh, an office on Bernard. Uh, He had an employee And uh, I had my client set And we became 50-50 partners Mm -hmm. And we made sure We did everything to make sure That this partnership and marriage Was going to be really good Um, We made sure everything was aligned We had the same vision And within the first month We're like this is not going to work really personality uh, conflict or personality yeah absolutely it turns out when you have two people who have a really clear idea of how to do things um and both of them are pretty terrible at, at, at compromise um <laughs> you really quickly run into some headaches um but he had also had uh, we had uh, we had just run a massive uh, conference in banff it was the uh, cloud factory conferences, 550 people. Mm-hmm. Um, cause so we actually got into, uh, event organizing for a while, but, uh, we realized, um, he's actually far more passionate about that. He also had a child. So he was just, I think he was ready. Maybe he was mm-hmm. on, the, on the verge of uh, burnout at that point, but he was ready to do something different. Um, so the more we chatted about it, the more we realized, you know what, maybe this is, maybe there's actually, there's, there's something good coming out of this. And, uh, I bought out his other 50%, and then I took the company and, and ran in, in the same vision that we originally outlined. We want to build a world-class agency, um, but just in a different way, in right. the way that I knew how. And uh, I wished him all the best, and we still occasionally see one another, um, but we just had a very different approach to, to how to run it. Right.
1: Now, how many employees do you have now? Uh, we have many, 24. Including partners, so... Yes, yes. 24 of you working here. Yes, yes. And, um, you know, most of my life I had a real hard time doing long-term partnerships. Yep. So real estate, for example, I like to co-list things and work on deals together. Yep. But being a part of a team was something that was always problematic because I have my vision very strong. Yep. And most successful people I think do. They're very passionate and they know what's right and what's wrong and what's going to build the business and sure. and so on. How do you manage with twenty-four people now?
2: Um, well, it's but that's so. So you you do a lot of maturing, and <laughs> and, and I think um, all of those all of those those difficulties that you may have um, stem from maybe maybe insecurity. Maybe, in, mm-hmm. maybe there's a lot of things that uh, maybe you need to prove that you know this is the right way to go because it's my way. Or, mm-hmm. um, and I think the more again, I'm not anywhere near where I think I need to be. But uh, it stops becoming about you, and you start, you start having a very kind of humble approach to things, and, and you're far more keen to listen to other perspectives. You still mm-hmm. challenge them. Um, but you just need to... You really need to, to, to listen to to what other people say. And I think that's maybe one of the things that really changed from the first time I had met Tina. I really now try to hear what everybody has to say, mm-hmm. uh, because there's definitely some there's some there's wisdom there yes it's it's sometimes it's not readily visible or maybe it's we're not prepared to absorb it Mm -hmm. so it's it it takes a little while to to get there but we still make mistakes and we still um occasionally have disagreements with with uh, employees or with partners but um i think we're far more capable of dealing with them maturely now
1: Right. Can you tell us a little bit about Community Futures For some coincidence yes. I have had three different people Mention Community Futures In the past week So I always take that as a sign That something I should look into a little more yeah. How does it work? Uh, what can you tell someone who's an aspiring entrepreneur And uh, would like to know A little
2: bit more about it Community Futures is a, is a program It's a government initiative that helps Entrepreneurs get off the ground um, There are There are specific criteria you need to meet. So um, the one, and I'm pretty sure the rules are still the same now, but you have to be um, unemployed but uh, qualify for for benefits. Mm -hmm. So when I had left Ontario, I quit my engineering job because I was moving, but I didn't realize that when you move for a partner, you actually qualify for employment insurance. Wow. Um, So... I remember looking into different uh, government programs to start up a business before, but that was always the catch. I've never been I, I've never been unemployed in that sense. Mm-hmm. Um, so I remember a month and a half of getting to Kelowna. I was having this conversation with my father, and he's like, are you collecting employment insurance? He said, are you collecting employment insurance? And I said, well, no, because like, I quit. And he's like, well, the circumstances, you should look into it. And indeed, I qualified, and all of a sudden... I get to be part of. So I started looking into Community Futures, and it was um, transformational. Like, Mm -hmm. it was a really good program. It was a really great group of people who cared about um, their mandate and cared cared deeply about doing it well. So Mm -hmm. the program was extremely robust and really well laid out, and they taught... Um, how to set up a business plan, how to go through the incorporation process. They made a lot of connections. They um, helped with the bookkeeping side of things. So yes. um, it was, it was um, by the time we were done, uh, our cohort had uh, a really solid set of businesses. So a number of people that I had met through the Community Futures Program when I first arrived are still friends today mm-hmm. and are still in business today. So the reason why I think you're you're running into them is um, they do such a great job.
1: Awesome. So tell us a little bit about the business. I know you can't uh, tell us too much, but I'm always interested in asking business owners their sense of the state of the economy is yeah. so okay. as a creative outlet you're seeing um, either increase or decrease in orders for creative work yep. and for do you do placement as well Yes. so if you have a package for someone and they're going to ask you to um, do placement between I guess Google AdWords Facebook ads newspaper ads or yep. whatever yep. combination yep. is it robust is it
2: uh, healthy or, or you see people kind of pulling back a bit I'm a hopeful um, or I'm a hopeless optimist so I will find the good and see the good in, in just about um, any situation and that includes any economy. When we're in a down economy um, there are businesses that thrive that's true um, when we're in a, in a really in a, in a bullish economy there are businesses that fail so Very true it's not to say that it's just opportunities shift um, So I remember when we started getting more into marketing we started looking into what the landscape looked like. And it was a lot of defunct agencies, and there was a lot of agencies that were so heavily real estate and property development centric and mm-hmm. heavy that when that happened, their billables dropped by ninety yep. percent or over ninety percent. Um, and and again, because I'm an optimist, I, I you know that's there's there's a really good lesson in all of that, and that is never be, go down the route and never put too many eggs in one basket. Mm-hmm. Um, so yes, we see constant trends, but we've been around for, for uh, like, as, as an agency, we actually date back to 2004. Mm -hmm. Um, so in the time that I've been with highlight, it's been, uh, we've had many ups and downs and we've seen many changes and we've seen, um, but not to say that there isn't an opportunity in it. Right. Okay. Um, so Tell us about your
1: ideal client if someone out there is listening to this and considering Perfect. whether to work with you
2: absolutely tell us a little bit about what you do and what kind of clients you love to work for sure so we have a we have a rather uh, rather bold vision statement and the vision statement states uh, we want to be the best and most badass agency in the world uh, we're not shooting for the mail and everything we strive to do we try to to never compromise on quality uh, mm-hmm. and find opportunities that others can't, and I think we have the skill sets within these walls um, that can really find those opportunities and propel businesses. Mm-hmm. So the kind of businesses that we look for, that ad- ideal client, is one that aspires to grow. We're not looking for mon mon operations where it's like, oh, we want you know we want a status quo or we want mm-hmm. to grow ten percent. Um, the clients that we um, thrive and, and love working with are the Empire Builders. These mm-hmm. are the companies that, okay, how do, we get, how do we solve this problem and now get into a new market or build a new office or find a new product or build a line extension or, uh, or, or, or hire the next round of people? It's, it's always businesses that, uh, um, that are hungry for growth. Mm-hmm. Um, so they could start small. Yep. But someone who's got a vision that's very
1: grand mm. wants to grow exponentially. Yep. And if they they're starting off small, that's okay
2: as long as they've got that vision to to be. You, that was big. actually that was the that was the the. Excuse me. That was the thin wedge that uh, got us into the market. I firmly believe that while we couldn't compete initially to get the kinds of clients we wanted, we could grow those clients. We mm. could help create those clients. So a number of the clients we started working with was literally for like, less, some of them were less than two hundred dollars a month that we had marketing retainers for, and we mm-hmm. just said, okay, look, let's start, let's see what we can do. And a number of the clients that we worked with, um, we I remember we started looking at the at the analytics and the numbers, and we always strive to compare and connect and correlate um, what's happening in your business to what's happening on your bottom line. So we started looking. Like a number of our of our clients we had uh, we had tripled for example, um, website traffic We're mm-hmm. like okay, so how does that correlate? if we drive three hundred times or three three hundred percent more people to your site, um, what does that do and it turns out for most businesses it 's a one to one correlation mm-hmm. so if we triple your traffic, we triple your revenue. Wow. We did that for a number of clients in a single year Nice. and all of a sudden it's, it's they, they're starting they're starting to finally understand. And this shouldn't be surprising, that if you do something well, the results will be there. And right. that's true for marketing. That's true for eating well. That's true for going to the gym. Uh, just because you're doing something, it doesn't mean you're doing it well. But when you do it well, the results come, right? So and that's where your skills of analytics come in. Absolutely. And awesome. Analytics and, and post-MBA, now now actually being able to connect... Oh, a so you did? Of, I did. I meat. did. I did. I did. Yeah, I ended up doing a twenty-eight month program um, at UBC in Vancouver. It's a so lot of math, is it? it? Is a lot of math, and it was also. Um, I I know my limitations, and one of them is uh, I distance ed courses are probably not something I'd excel in. Hmm. And I also knew that uh, when I started, I'm not sure. Uh, one of the things I mentioned was I was like, maybe I need to get into a larger market. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I, I wanted to do my MBA in a classroom and there isn't one at ubco right. so i actually had to go i, I got into both ubc and sfu mm-hmm. i wanted to stay on the west coast i wanted to be in canada so i did my uh, my mba at solder so i actually did uh, there was a, a part-time mba that required you to drive down for three days every every, week. every other week every other week wow every other week so i put a lot of miles on so i i I know every corner of the Coca Cola. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I put a lot. So it's a 28 month program. So I think altogether must have been there. Well, almost 60 times.
1: Right. Well, this uh, this show is designed for commuters because we can't really watch video when we're driving. Valid. I know some Valid. people do, but you should not do that. Have you ever watched the show Mad Men? Yes. <laughs> and yes. Uh, how realistic is that? I don't mean like the smoking in elevators and airplanes and, you know, maybe drinking Ooh. 12 hours a day, but uh, as far as the, the competitiveness and the partners trying to find that balance between keeping people
2: competitive but also cooperative. I'm, I'm, I'm a huge fan of um, of incentives and, and motivating people through incentives. And I think um, that's maybe one of the things I got out of my MBA is is figuring out, uh, there's, you know, the carrot and stick approach, and mm-hmm. you can, and, and um, the, in a, especially in a creative in a creative world, uh, people respond to incentives, and people respond like we need to create a happy environment and we need to create a healthy environment. So um, while Mad Men had this, it was a alcohol heavy kind <laughs> of atmosphere, and arguably my previous partner he he was he was part of that. He he um, he started as a marketer and as a As a a designer and as a um, in London, so Mm -hmm. he was part of that culture. He very much understood it, Uh, and and we still have uh, bottles of scotch by the entry for that reason. But um, I, for me, I can't have a single drink and do any kind of analytical work. Right, I can't write a line of code or look through anything. So um, we actually drink very little. We have a number of people who we actually have a culture. Um, we've dropped off a little bit, but one of, the, one of our clients is a personal training gym mm. and uh, one-life fitness on, on uh, Spedding Court, and we go there as a team twice a week. Nice. So we have this culture of, of healthy people. We have a culture of healthy eating. Um, there's a lot of coffee. There's very, definitely very little alcohol though. Right. So
1: uh, I would like you to nominate someone, anyone in the city of Kelowna, that you find to be a fascinating person that you would love to see come on the show in the future and can be from any field. Ooh. So we've had professors, doctors, realtors, uh, creative people, all kinds of people. So anyone that you just kind of admire and would love to hear
2: okay. me interview on okay. the show in the future. There are three people. Great. Uh, I'm not sure which ones you're going to be able to get a hold of. So um, there are two people in the tech field. Okay. Um, um, they're both wildly successful and unbelievable great people. One is... Uh, uh, Corey Wagner from Banana Tag. Okay. Um, I think he'd be. What does he do? He does. Um, they do email tracking. Okay. Um, they have a company. They now have an, they have an office in Vancouver. They're I think over sixty people now. They're in the Innovation Center. Um, they're if you want to to hear about culture and, and like building culture and, and a productive culture, they're the people you want to talk to. Um, the other person, uh, Josh uh, Fraser. Okay. From data nerds, um, they were they're part of the innovation center in the tech scene, uh, but their office is right on Leon. Okay, um, they um, actually got a round of venture capital. I think it was over two million. So, um, both Corey and and Josh are, are, are wildly successful, and uh, I suspect that they will continue to be. But they're also some of the hardest working people I know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the third person is someone who. Uh, who I vastly admire, and, and uh, she's been, uh, she was a neighbor, uh, but a really good friend, Dina Kotler. She now runs a bed and breakfast or a series of, uh, of, of vacation rental places. Wonderful. She runs a bed and breakfast uh, right around the hospital. It's called Crystalton Manor, and uh, or I often call it the SS, uh, the SS Crystalton because it's uh, it's a over a hundred year old building. It's a beautiful, beautiful home. It looks like the inside of the the Titanic. It's just wood clad and fantastic. So Dina Kotler, if I'm not sure which one you'll be able to get a hold of. Okay, well we'll try all three.
1: William, uh, William, thank you so much for your time today. It's been a great
2: conversation. Thank
1: you, and thank you for the equipment. Absolutely, let's hear what it sounds like. And uh, yeah, it sounds well. It sounds great in the headphones, so I'm sure it's going to sound really good. And um, yeah, it's a challenge with that single mic because I got to cut every time we pass it back and forth. This is more fluid. Um, it's great So so thank you absolutely my pleasure thank you for having me on